Hey there, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only true democracy in talk radio. Brad Bannon's our guest. He is one of the hosts on the Leslie Marshall Show. When I, Leslie Marshall, am not here, he does a fantastic job. He also runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm, and they help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And we're definitely going to talk about political campaigns today. You can hear Brad guest host for me every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. He has his own program that he hosts, as I mentioned, called Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You like the uh, the title? You'll like the show even better. He also writes a column that's awesome every Sunday on the 2020 presidential race for the Hill. He's on the National Journal's panel of political insiders and is a national political analyst for WGN-TV and radio in Chicago. You can read Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. His Twitter handle is is at Brad Bannon. More than a pleasure to have back on the show my good friend and someone I look to when I want information regarding politics, especially presidential races and caucuses. Uh, we love to have him with us as much as possible. Brad, thanks for being on with us. Um, happy, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you, Leslie. It's great to be on with you. Well, it wasn't a happy Tuesday in Iowa. For Democrats, for the caucus, for the process, for the press coming out of that caucus, some would say for Joe Biden and even for Bernie Sanders cause, and Pete Buttigieg, because it looks like they may have come away with a win, but nobody really knows. So first off, let's talk about Iowa, the caucus. Why are the results taking so long? What happened and we'll talk from there because there's a lot of opinion coming on today about changes they feel should be made to the process. Well, yeah, there really should be changes made to the process. And uh, Iowa last night may have sacrificed its first in the nation's uh, status to uh, select delegates to the national conventions. Uh, you know, there have been rumors uh, even before Monday night that they were have having problems with the computer system that was supposed to collect the results. Uh, and they apparently knew there were problems and failed to iron them out before the caucuses on Monday. Um, you know, I mean, someone should hang for this. Um, I don't know who the chair of the Iowa Democratic Party is, uh, but uh, he has a lot explaining to do. Uh, I think they had bugs in the system, uh, and they weren't able to work them out before Monday. Uh, they should have come up, you know, they should have gone back to the old-fashioned method of collecting uh, the precinct totals like they did in 2016, which worked just fine. Uh, and uh, it's an unqualified disaster. If you can't run it, you know, you know, people look at this and see what a mess that the Iowa Democratic Party made of the caucus said, you know, it, it's hard to it, it really undermines faith in the party. I think it's been a disaster. Uh, yes, no, it has. What about people that say it should be the end of the caucuses? I mean, one, because I was over 90 percent white. They're not a proper representation of demographics. And even though we love history, uh, do we need to historically be tied to the past uh, in elections of the past where this whole thing started with Iowa as a as a state caucus? Again, caucuses, uh, you know, in, in, in general, I mean, you know, can a nominee be picked some other way? Would that be something that a progressive voting public should look at in the future? I think it's going to, you know, the, the, you know, the 
caucus chaos last night is going to raise two questions. Uh, first of all, whether the, the party should run caucuses at all. I mean, you know, caucuses aren't very democratic. Um, you, you deter, you, for instance, uh, I think last night something like, who knows, because I haven't counted the vote yet, but only 15 percent of Iowa Democrats actually showed up in a caucus uh, last night. Uh, the turnout in primaries is a lot higher uh, than it is in caucuses, uh, because all you have to do in a primary is do what you ordinarily do when you vote, which is, uh, you know, jump out of your car, run into the fire station, vote, and you're out in 10 minutes, hopefully. Uh, a caucus requires, you know, two or three hours of sitting through a meeting, uh, and for that reason, turnout's really low. And so I think it raises the question about whether there, you know, everybody should go to a primary system like New Hampshire has instead of the old clunky caucus system. And I think the other issue is whether Iowa uh, should continue to be first in nation. Uh, you have two states uh, that lead the process, Iowa and New Hampshire, that are literally white. Uh, you're right. Last night, according to the exit polls, 91 percent of the Democrats who caucused in Iowa were white. Uh, and it's not going to be the percentage of primary voters in New Hampshire on t next Tuesday is not going to be much higher than that. And I think you have to raise questions about uh, the two states that are always first in the process, Iowa and New Hampshire. And I think you have to ask a question about whether caucuses are Democratic or not, uh, because they don't encourage turnout. And Democrats should be doing everything they can uh, to encourage turnout and also to encourage turnout uh, among, uh, you know, minority voters. I mean, minority voters probably make up, if you add together African Americans, Asian Americans, and Latino Americans, probably 40% of the Democratic Party. And you start with two states that are virtually lily white, and it's not a good way to do business. Definitely. Um, also, let's talk about accuracy. Is it me, or is Iowa less his less accurate the, the closer we get to present day, or just now going back uh, at, you know, picking who the Democratic nominee is, or am I wrong in that? No, it's pretty checkered. Uh, you know, it's, if you look at the history of the Iowa caucuses, uh, it's, uh, you know, the, really, I mean, they've been right a few times, and they've been wrong a few times, so they're not very well, they're not predictive of the final outcome at all. Uh, so uh, you've got, you know, there, there are just all sorts of reasons. And I think, you know, Iowa has je itself jeopardized the status as the first uh, in the nation, uh, the first state in the nation to pick primary delegates, because I think when the DNC meets after uh, the presidential election is over, uh, there's going to be a very strong movement to shake up the nominating system, and I was going to be a casualty, uh, and uh, I knew maybe New Hampshire, too. So uh, it, it's just a total mess. It, it's just it's embarrassing day for me to be a Democrat. Well, what is what about the idea that a party doesn't control this? Robbie Mook said this um, today on I can't remember if CNN or CNBC. I, I mean, sorry, MSNBC or CNN this morning. Uh, and I agreed with him wholeheartedly. 
which is you can't have the party controlling this, but rather you should have people that are professionals dealing with elections. Would that be a better way to go, whether Iowa is, you know, the first to go or not? I think so. I mean, you know, the people, you know, who administer elections in states, uh, in primaries, uh, are trained professionals. Uh, the Iowa Democratic Party, this is something they do once every four years, uh, and the rest in every other election in Iowa, uh, the Secretary of State's office runs the elections. And I think, yes, I agree with you absolutely. It's a much better way to go because the party, uh, the party the, that runs the caucuses in Iowa and other states, New, uh, Nevada's a caucus too, that's coming up. Uh, they're, they don't have the same kind of training as some uh, trained professional in the Secretary of State's office. Uh, the Secretary of State's office in most states runs elections. Uh, they have the personnel and the technology to do it, not the state parties. Uh, I think we have to take a break. I see uh, Mark flagging me down here. Uh, we're going to do that. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Rod Bannon. Uh, definitely interested uh, to talk about it. And you can join us. You can comment uh, on Twitter as well. Go to Brad Bannon, at Brad Bannon. Follow him there. Me, at Leslie Marshall. And uh, like I said, you can read Brad's columns at www.muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. Uh, we'll be back with him. We'll be back with you right after this. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. President and CEO of Bannon Communications Research, also host of the show Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You can hear it here every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. In addition, he writes a column every Sunday on the 2020 presidential race for the Hill, and he is the National Journal's panel of political insiders. He's a part of that and national political analyst for WGN TV and radio in Chicago. You can uh, read his columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon. On, on Twitter, at Brad Bannon, and you can post comments there. Brad is checking on my Twitter page, at Leslie Marshall. We will check there. Uh, we're talking about Iowa, why the results in Iowa are taking uh, so long, and so many other things uh, with uh, regard to this. Um, you know, Brad, you and I have had a relationship as, as friends and professional peers for many years, and I think you remember me crying through my text messages to you in 2016, when you were trying to calm me down, assuage my fears that Hillary would not lose, and then, of course, she lost because we were both wrong. The polls were wrong. Everything was wrong. When we speak about wrong, could it be the caucus results are wrong? And I say that because when I look at the numbers, Bernie Sanders' numbers up until the debacle last night seem to be very strong. Joe Biden seemed to be coming in fourth in many districts and, and, and not even registering in some. Uh, not being viable. Um, it, it, it is, is this, it, I mean, when you look at the numbers, though, and people are so encouraged for Bernie, Bernie had half of the support that he did in 2016. Um, Biden's numbers are low. One, how accurate is is Iowa, especially when we look at the demographics, for a general election? Because here's my thing. Every Democrat I know out there 
we all pretty much agree on policies, on legislation we want to see passed and go forward with our elected officials. You know, but first and foremost, Democrats want Donald Trump out of the White House and they want to elect somebody who can beat Donald Trump. People who love Bernie, loved him in 2016, love him now or didn't love him then and do love him now, have grown to love him now, grown to love him more, um, are saying, see, look at the numbers in Iowa. He can do this. But does Iowa mean that anybody who is showing strong in Iowa can perform that way on a national level when we are seeing with the, 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 the polling that we saw coming out of Iowa, the answers to the questions showed extremely progressive people coming to these caucuses, not a lot of new people coming out to the caucuses, just a lot of people that had caucused before and maybe had stayed home in 2016 came out, but you still don't see record numbers for you know a Bernie, for example, and, 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 and Joe Biden is doing so much poorer than polls would have predicted, at least as far as we know going into this. Can you speak to all of that? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the uh, the voter, the, the people who go to caucuses uh, in Iowa um, are much more liberal than the general public nationally. Um, I think uh, last night, uh, from the exit polls, uh, I think 55 or 60 percent of the people who went to caucuses last night identified themselves as liberal, which is probably about twice uh, what it is nationally among all voters. Uh, so it, it, you know, it, it isn't, and for that reason, it isn't representative of what happens in a lot of other states. Um, it's, uh, you know, and again, we already talked about the racial makeup. Uh, you know, only 9% of the people who uh, participated in caucuses last night uh, were non-white, and the national figure is, is a lot higher than that. Uh, so it isn't very uh, predictive of what might happen nationally. Uh, you know, one of the in- things that I thought was interesting last night is you had a, uh, I believe uh, the exit polls showed that you had 57% of the caucus goers said they uh, pro- they uh, thought electing a Democrat uh, who could beat Donald Trump was a bigger priority for them uh, than uh, uh, the, the, a, a Democratic candidate uh, who agreed with them all the issues. And, you know, that should have been a big help to Joe Biden, but it wasn't, uh, because among that 57 percent who said they were looking for, you know, a Democratic candidate who could win, uh, Joe Biden uh, and uh, Mayor, former Mayor Pete got uh, as many of those votes as Joe Biden did. And I think that was one of the reasons why Joe Biden did not perform well last night. He made electability a major argument. Um, and, uh, you know, Mayor Pete did as well uh, on that as uh, the former vice president did. And, you know, the reality is that he, the vice president, former vice president, if you look at the polls nationally, he has two types of voters who are strongly supportive uh, of him. Uh, African-American voters, and also Democrats who describe themselves as moderate and conservatives. There are hardly any of those either. There are hardly any voters from each of those two groups in Iowa, and also not that many of them in New Hampshire either. 
so, uh, you know, I think Biden is going to have to prove, especially when he gets to South Carolina, uh, which uh, probably 60 percent of the primary voters in South Carolina will be black, uh, that he can do better uh, in states that have higher minority populations. If he doesn't, he's in big trouble. Um, I, I so yeah, so much to say uh, with uh, regard uh, to this. Um, does this look bad for Tom Perez and the DNC? We're seeing a lot of that coming out today as well. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, it's absolutely. I saw that uh, on Twitter um, earlier today. Uh, Perez must resign was uh, trend, uh, trending on Twitter, and it's an embarrassment. I mean, it's it's an embarrassment. Um, you know, the uh, Iowa Democratic Party is responsible for the Dem- to the Democratic National Party. I don't know what kind of interaction. Um, the Democratic National Committee had in with, with the uh, Iowa Democrats, but in you know the buck stops at the Democratic National Committee. Um, I'd heard rumors, um, as I said before, before even before last night, that there were problems with the you know the app that was supposed to collect the data, and if that you know I. I think those rumors are pretty reliable. Somebody from the DNC should have stepped in and told the Iowa Democratic Party, you've got to get this fixed pronto or figure something else out. And I think, again, it's pretty clear there were indications before last night there were going to be problems, and no one at the Iowa Democratic Party or at the Democratic National Committee uh, fixed them. Uh, and it does reflect, I think, it reflects very badly on the, on the Democratic National Committee uh, Party chair, Tom Perez. What do we as a party need to do? The Republicans are laughing at us, and Trump's approval ratings, according to Gallup, are higher than they've ever been, even though he's been impeached. Uh, even though he'll be acquitted in, in in the Senate. I mean, right now, Trump is sitting pretty. I mean, you've got a Democratic debacle. He's going to be acquitted tomorrow uh, in the Senate, most likely. And he's going to give a State of the Union address tonight where he pounds his chest and plays the victim with regard to impeachment, as he does very well. And it, it, you're right. I mean, I, I think, you know, last night uh, contributes to a situation that's already pretty bad. And, if you know, you ask me what I think Democrats have to do. Well, I have a very simple uh, plan. Democrats need to start to stop beating the crap out of each other. Um, you know, some of the things that I've seen on social media uh, over the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't let uh, my kids read when they were little. Uh, it's, you know, full of obscenities, one Democrat beating up another Democrat. Uh, you know, we've got the classic circular firing squad going, and if the circular firing squad uh, continues, uh, we're not going to beat Trump. And I'm afraid the problem with last night, it's just accentuating the bitterness that exists uh, uh, within the Democratic Party. Um, you know, I... I'm a fan of Hillary Clinton, but she has gone out of her way to pop uh, Bernie Sanders at least twice in the last couple of weeks. And I think Hillary Clinton has to realize uh, she's not running for president. 
Um, and just, you know, it, it seems to me Hillary Clinton is better positioned than anybody else to criticize Donald Trump because she, better than anybody else, can say, I told you so. But there's absolutely no reason for her to, get, to uh, you know, continue her grudge towards Bernie Sanders uh, because, you know, Hillary Clinton, like everybody else, I hope understands the position um, that any Democrat who wins the nomination uh, is light years better than uh, Donald Trump. And I could say the same thing. The problem with Clinton's attacks on Sanders is she eggs on uh, the Bernie supporters um, who have been, you know, beating the crap out of, uh, you know, especially Joe Biden and former Mayor Pete. Um, you know, I, I think talking to the, the you know, the, the Bernie supporters, some of whom have been, you know, very brutal uh, against uh, especially Mayor Pete and Biden, I have um, a simple word of advice for you. If Bernie Sanders is the nominee, and he might be the nominee, I have no way of telling. I don't even know who finished first in Iowa last night. Um, but if Bernie Sanders is the nominee, they're going to need moderate Democrats to help them beat Trump. And if they continue to beat up on Joe Biden uh, and uh, Mayor Pete and uh, Amy Globachar, uh, if Bernie's the nominee, uh, they're going to Bernie's uh, supporters are going to have a hard time convincing uh, moderate Democrats uh, to vote for Bernie in November. And again, I could you know provide the same advice to the Hillary Clintons of the world if they want to beat Donald Trump uh, and they want Bernie supporters to support Joe Biden or Mayor Pete or Amy Globuchar, if they're the nominee, uh, it's time for everybody uh, to clam up and direct their fire towards Donald Trump. And uh, that's the single best piece of advice I can give for Democrats. They want to beat Donald Trump. Stop beating up on each other and focus their fire on Donald Trump. Nicole Wallace, who just followed me on Twitter today from MSNBC, uh, I concurred with her. She said pretty much that. I agree with you 100%, Brad. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and more uh, regarding Iowa, the Democrats, 2020. And, you know, Michael Moore said Donald Trump could win again. Yes, he could. And it's looking like he will. And we don't seem to learn our lessons. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Don't go away. with Brad Bannon, president and CEO of Bannon Communications Research, host of Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You can hear it every Monday here from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Also check out his column every Sunday on the 2020 presidential race for The Hill. And I love The Hill. Uh, I get a lot of stuff, uh, my stuff from there. Uh, he's also on the National Journal's panel of political insiders, a national political analyst for WGN-TV and radio in Chicago. And you can read Brad's columns at www.muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon on Twitter, follow him there at Brad Bannon. Brad, thank you for holding. Uh, welcome back. Wow, uh, just so much to talk about. Um, this was called a debacle. You and I agree uh, that it was. The uh, results are expected uh, later today. Uh, before that, what is your prediction? Who will you know come in first? Maybe you want to give us first, second, third. Just curious. Uh, you know, from what I've been. Be able to piece together. I think basically you're going to see 
two winners come out of this. Uh, my guess is uh, that Bernie Sanders is going to finish first, uh, and uh, Mayor Pete is going to finish uh, second, maybe a close second. Uh, and I think they're the, you know, clearly the two winners coming out of this. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, I mean, if, if Bernie Sanders does win, and that's my guess, he'll end up being the winner. Uh, he is, uh, has a significant lead already in New Hampshire. So he might come, in, come out of the box winning the first two contests. Uh, I think, uh, Mayor Pete, um, I think he will probably finish second at least. Uh, and, uh, that gives him the, uh, uh, the fuel to propel his campaign uh, into New Hampshire and beyond. You know, the other thing about Mayor Pete, he's been raising, you know, he's not been raising the amounts, the amounts of money that Bernie Sanders has been raising, but he's been raising good money. Uh, so I think, uh, I think uh, Bernie Sanders and Mayor Pete is gonna, are going to come out of this looking like winners. Um, I think that presents a situation in New Hampshire next week where um, Elizabeth Warren is going to have to uh, win, uh, certainly uh, uh, beat Bernie Sanders to maintain uh, to be a vi- maintain her viability as a candidate. Um, I think Joe Biden may very well. He was. I think Joe Biden was the big loser last night, um, and he may take another beating in New Hampshire. Uh, and he can only hope that uh, he uh, performs well in Nevada and capitalizes on the large. Uh, black vote that's, uh, that exists in South Carolina. Uh, but I think you're going to have two winners from last night, Sanders and Buttigieg, and two losers, Warren and Biden. So let's talk, yeah, pretty much Bernie. Bernie shouldn't, should win New Hampshire because you and I coming from Massachusetts, you know, we know in New England that Vermont and New Hampshire are like twins. You know, they're related to each other yep. in a sense. And, you know, they vote for each other's person. Uh, that's why Mitt Romney had a home in New Hampshire but was able to run and become governor in, in Boston, Massachusetts. So uh, back in the day. So let, let, let's let talk about, uh, you know, a few things here. Um, if Biden doesn't do well in Nevada, is he out or no? Because he will probably perform strongly and win in South Carolina. Then again, polls show that. Bernie's gaining on him in South Carolina. And does Super Tuesday um, reincarnate, if you will, a, po- a possible dead or looking deadly Joe Biden campaign? Well, yeah, I think that, you know, the Biden campaign's in trouble. I, you know, there, he, first of all, he's not raising a lot of money. So I think he's going to have trouble uh, competing on Super Tuesday. Uh, Bernie Sanders can spend, you know, he has a zillion dollars to spend. You know, I mean, we're talking about uh, 14 different contests, uh, caucuses and primaries on Super Tuesday, and two of them are in two very expensive media states, uh, California and Texas. And, you know, if, uh, if Biden is limping into uh, Super Tuesday, uh, he's going to have problems because uh, I think right now uh, Sanders seems to be doing very well in the biggest Super Tuesday state. That's California. Um, and Biden has lost some of the lead uh, that he initially had in South Carolina and Texas. And Texas is another Super 
Super Tuesday state. So uh, Joe Biden could go into uh, Super Tuesday limping politically and financially. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, if, and, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren has to have a very strong uh, showing in uh, New Hampshire next Tuesday. Otherwise, I think she's going to be limping, too. You know, I always thought that when push came to shove, there'd be two candidates left over. One of the progressive candidates, either Sanders or Warren, and one of the moderate candidates, uh, either uh, uh, Biden or Mayor Pete. And, you know, we could be looking at a situation where the it's going to 